we have the vol total volume, we have a description of the liquid, that tested as testosterone. So the oh. EQ was all test. No kidding. And if you're running a bunch of different stuff, how would you even really know for sure? You know what I mean? No. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. They're high-quality, third-party tested supplements. Every protein powder you can think of, tons of flavors. Let me know if you have any questions. We are brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition. They've got a lot of great health blends, especially if you are on cycle. Check them out. They've got some performance stuff, too. All sorts of great stuff for you guys in the UK. And if you're in the UK, you can get your lab work done by jolly old Dave. Visit Dave, get your lab work done at evalbloodanalysis.com. And last but not least, for our Canadians, check out supplementsource.ca for great deals that change week to week. Oh, and thank you to our Patreons, guys. We have a couple of Patreon questions today. Dave... We have a topic. Uh, well, 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 well I, I've already told you I'm no longer referred to as Dave. Oh, what did you say your new name is? Uh! <laughs> he, was, he was telling me this before the show. He was also ridiculing me for wearing a flannel plaid shirt. Dave does not like plaid shirts. He gets very upset when he sees a plaid shirt. I don't know why, but every time he gets upset, I don't think they have plaid shirts in the UK flat out. That's what I think the answer is. We do, but a certain type of person wears them. Just a good old boy. Oh, really? Well, thank you. Thank you, because I guess I'm that. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) So we do have a great topic today. It's a topic that you guys apparently didn't pay attention to, because we've talked about this before. Um, But what are the, the most faked compounds what are the the worst things you can possibly decide to buy from your ugl um we had a guy and and i'll get into it because we've got some stuff and dave has some some statistics he's got some actual like um well i was i was looking for a particular job and unfortunately though i've got some uh, i don't tend to keep the evidence bundles i do tend to destroy them okay um or i just print them off and wipe the digitals. Um, but I had a really good one where pretty much every single thing that this lab was producing was either nothing or it was EQ. Um, mm. But unfortunately, I don't get I can't find that. And that was a great forensic report. It was about four pages long of just mm. absolute garbage. So, um, <clears throat> but in case you guys don't know, uh, if you're new to our content, uh, Dave is an expert witness for the court system in the UK, and um, anabolics are legal for personal use, but not yet legal for sale. So, of course, if anybody gets popped with them, they automatically say, hey, this 10,000 vials of test is for personal use. And then um, they bring Dave in to you know defend that or whatever, right? So, you yeah, get to see uh... lab results from, and that you guys do, the, the government does lab results on all the things that were confiscated and you see those results right so yeah my role really is to assist the court so um, i mean i generally do defense work um so i'm trying to help the gentleman that has been caught with his compounds but what my my role really is is to translate the evidence into a format that the court can understand because the court doesn't know the significance of anything 
So it doesn't know if one thing's relative or not relative. So my job is to sort of cut through the fluff. Um, a lot of it is overvaluation. So the, the prosecution will tend to value things very highly. Oh, yeah. <coughs> so a lot of what I do is say, look, you're talking at your bottom and uh, that gear is nowhere near worth that much. Yeah, that and um, and I mean, like if a lay person were to see like a, a bottle of a thousand, you know, pink tie D ball, they'd be like, oh, my God, there's a thousand doses. This is for a thousand mm. people. Whereas really, they could just be one dude that went on a holiday and brought that tub back for himself for the off season. Yeah, a lot of what I do is put relativity to 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 things like that. For argument's sake, you've bought a tub of a thousand Thai pinks, or or, or you've bought for five hundred tub, and it's like, well, no, that's that's how they're sold. You know what I mean? You're not buying these in tens and fifties. You have to buy them in that quantity. It's how they're sold. Yeah. Um, and and like you say, I mean, I've I've had a job where someone was accused. Um, of of selling because they had 150 tablets it's like well it's 15 days supply you know it's not even a, a full-blown course um if it was day so, cycle yeah, it would be like a two-day supply exactly if it was mine it would just be pre-worker um yeah. <laughs> so um so it's things like that you just put things in context i i i don't i don't change anything all i all i i'm very tightly bound by the law as to what i can and cannot do but effectively, all I can do is look at the evidence and say, yes, that will fit that evidence, or no, it won't. And it's as simple as that. There's nothing more I can do. Okay. Oh, but also, in that, I do get to see a lot of forensic reports, yes. Also, I had something I wanted to tell you on a personal note uh, a little bit later today that uh, you're probably going to ridicule me about, but I'll tell you about that later. So, you know, like, where's this question at? We had a guy who he told us that he watches all the shows. He was like, hey, I've listened to all your guys' podcast, you know, love the show. And I've recently um, purchased, um, I'm really excited about my cycle. It is a Test, Mast, and Trend blend. It's a Test, Mast, and Trend blend, 100 milligrams each per milliliter. He's like, how do I use this? And I'm thinking to myself, if you've watched all our content, we literally just said on the last episode that blends are the number one faked thing. You know what I'm saying? And so in, in, in his response, I told him, I was like, man, that's not a great idea. And he was like, oh, no, I'm real confident. I, I'm 100% sure in this stuff. So, I mean, how can he be 100% sure? I don't think that he made it. You know what I mean? Look, there are labs out there that are decent. Um, I mean, like you say, you you ran me with five minutes to spare and said, can you please find me some evidence of, of lab testing? And I, I don't keep a lot, as I've already said, but I dragged I dragged three examples out. But even in those, there were there were blends within those cases that were spot on. Um, okay. From, from a point of presence of compound, the the thing is that doesn't happen in criminal investigations is they don't test for strength. Oh, but here's the first they're thing, though, dude. In, they're not interested in strength. They're just interested in the presence of a controlled drug, you see. But so what I just heard from you, though, is that you do have a good chance of getting exactly what you want if you get a blend. So roll the, no. roll the dice. No, I wouldn't say you have a good chance. I would say the, the thing is, all things being equal, the one that is most likely to be out is your blend. And more times than not, when I look at forensics, 
if there is something that's dodgy, it will be the blends, and there will be an ingredient missing or, or something of that nature. From the dose testing that I've seen in the past, which I haven't seen anything current for a while, I must admit, um, the, with the blends, the dosing is always very rare that dosing is actually correct. Yeah, it's very rare the dosing is exact. It, it, you may find it's there or thereabouts, but it, it's rare. It's where it needs to be. Uh, so you might get a sust with four different test testers in it, but they won't be dosed as they're supposed to be. They'll be, you know, high prop and, and low other stuff and, and usual junk like that is the common one. I think that there's two things that are alluring about purchasing a blend. Number one, it's going to be less oil to have to administer overall. And number mm -hmm. two, you're also like, you're going to probably save money. You know what I mean? It's probably, it's not going to cost as much as if you were to buy each bottle individually. Mm -hmm. Now here's my other issue though, besides the logistics of the likelihood of it being fake or not dosed properly being much, much higher. I'm also concerned the fact that I can't adjust the doses. If I wanted mm. to run more mast and less trend or more test and less trend or more trend and less test, I can't I can't adjust those things. You are literally locked in to whatever mm -hmm. they put on the blended bottle. Yeah, I mean that is one of the biggest problems, isn't it? That the, there's there's no you're in it and you're in it for what it is or you end up not using it at all. Um, you can always increase a dose because you can take it as a singular item on top, but uh, lowering becomes very, very difficult in ratio. So I've got these um, these uh, uh, testing results pulled up that you sent me. I'm just going to pull the first one up here, and maybe you can tell us what are we looking at here exactly. So this is what this is what a courtroom testing result would look like, huh? Yeah, so across the top, you've got the description of what it was, which in this case, it was a grip seal plastic bag, and it enclosed certain uh, exhibits, and the exhibits all have numbers. So exhibit SG-6 AI was uh, for multi-injection amber-colored glass files labeled as Decker 250 mg per mil. There was a total of 40 mils of oil 10 in each it was a pale yellow liquid and it tested it as nandrolone okay so as uh, so that's that was decker well, it doesn't tell you how much decker and whether it was dosed correctly but it tells you that it was decker okay underneath it we have a ii and that's three multi-injection amber colored glass files labeled as bold non unsilate 200 mg per mil okay again we have the void total volume we have a description of the liquid that tested as testosterone. So the oh. EQ was all test. No kidding. Yep. Hmm. And if you're running a bunch of different stuff, how would you even really know for sure? You know what I mean? No. Here's the next one. Let's see what this one says. This is fascinating. All right. So same format. Uh, you've got the, 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 the exhibit number on the left. And it's still part of this exhibit SJ6, but we're now on A333, and that's Nandrolone Decanate. So we've got Deca again, mm -hmm. but in this case, it tested as testosterone. So in this case, it's fake, whereas the previous bundle that was found in the same area in the same package was actually genuine. This stuff is fake. Oh, this is from the same person, huh? Yeah, yeah, this is the same job. It's the same reference numbers. 
No kidding. So you uh, may end up with one bottle of DECA that's DECA and one bottle of test, or one bottle of DECA that's test. And then they looked at the Q. Uh, now, this was a, an open vial. There was only approximately five millimeters left in it. Okay. Uh, and that was DECA, but there was an indication of boldenone, which basically means that there was a trace of boldenone. Oh, okay. But it was it was mainly DECA. Um, okay. And then underneath, you see that it's labeled as test EQ. Yeah. Again, only half a vial. And this was testosterone with a trace of EQ. Oh, so this is a test EQ. This is a blend. But it's got virtually no EQ in it. It's only, it's only when they say it's an indication, it means there's a trace amount. Hmm. Do you ever do you ever defend somebody where you actually know the lab? Where you're like, oh yeah, I know this lab. I have a couple of yeah. I've done a few jobs where I've known. I've not known the people behind the lab previous to the event. But you knew the brand. I, I knew the brand. Um, there's one in particular that stands out. Um, it was the one I was talking about earlier on where every single item came back as garbage. No kidding. Yeah. What's what's this third thing here? Um, so this is just a, a different way of doing it. Um, this is done in a description format. Ah. So in this case, there was four boxes labeled as bolding on 500, 10 mil vials. Um, oh. And that, that was testosterone. No kidding. And then there was a box labeled test X200, test SIP, which underneath it, and that was test SIP. That was tested correctly. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, EQ seems to be a common one that is faked. And I think it's potentially because EQ is liquid, so therefore it's not the easiest thing to import in. Oh, okay. Huh. Where I think the, pow the powders are easier to get in. That's, that's the unique thing about the raw form of EQ, isn't it? That it's mm. actually in liquid form already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's wild. So I said they're 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 just a few. Um, the, the case I keep going back to there was quite a substantial amount that was seized, and if I remember rightly, every single oral was fake, mm -hmm. and every single injectable was a blend of test and EQ. Jeez. So I order, I order like a test mast trend, and it's really just test and EQ, dude. I'd be pretty disappointed if I was doing a contest prep with that. <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the thing is, there's, there's good, you know, with UGLs, you're 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 looking at a setup which is, it's not computerized, it's not automated, it's not got a quality control process. So you're looking at someone is brewing, someone maybe the same person, maybe the secondary person is filtering and bottling, and then they're being labelled. And, and at any point, you know, a mistake can happen. You know, a, a label can go on a vial that it shouldn't do. Yeah. A batch of unmarked vials can get mixed up, or the brew can be just ill, badly measured. So there are genuine mistakes that do happen. Oops, excuse me. That do happen. Yeah. Um, and 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 some of it's sort of understandable. I mean, if you were doing sustenon, so say you're doing a sustenon blend and there's four esters in sust. Uh, and you you get to doing the batch run and you've got to do it because you haven't got any left and your customer base is screaming for sauce. 
Yeah. And then you realize that you've got enough for three of the ingredients, but you haven't got enough for the fourth. Mm. So it's quite, I'm not saying it's right, but it's quite understandable that they'll go, well, you know what, we'll just put the you know, test prop in at half what it should be. Yeah. And, I, and who's going to notice? You know, no one's going to notice. No one's going to realize. No. And, and I will say that one of the clues that I had always been told is to be leery of a source that has literally every compound available under the sun and that they never run out of stock. Hmm. That those those things can be a red flag as far as looking mm, for sources go. And, and then obviously there are labs that set up that generally are set up to rip people off and, and they'll just pump any old crap out because all they're interested in is what they generally, the general format is come up with a name, produce a, a good quality product for a couple of months, get a reputation and then just produce garbage for three, four months. Yeah. Reputation gets ruined, set up with a new label and just repeat the process. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a bunch of questions here. Um, I'm going to start here at the top with everything I have. In fact, um, why don't we just go right here? So this is, a, I think we had some stuff questions too. We had some fun ones. Um, where do we go here? And by the way, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, then definitely comment below. We'd be happy to take your questions. Then uh, it says, uh, <coughs> Scott, we spoke about a blasting cruise, which is not viewed as the safest way. If I'm not mistaken, Ronnie Coleman was cycling for 12 weeks and then having three months off completely instead of doing a PCT. Would you say that that way is the safest and most effective in terms of keeping gains? One way to say that if you were not doing a PCT, then the gains will be completely lost, where with PCT, you will have chances of keeping them. Um, also, uh, why do you think he never did PCT? Now, I don't. I never heard any of this about Ronnie no. and anything. I, I have no solid information on anything he ever took. I don't know if he's come out since and said this, but I, I haven't heard anything about him talking specifically about how he ran compounds, have you? No. Uh, I know there was those pictures where Ronnie claimed to be natural, yeah. which at the time was, was a lot of people questioned it. But when you see where Ronnie got to, after he said he went on, yeah. <laughs> it does make those natural picks a bit more believable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Ronnie is... A, the, the problem with pros is there's a lot of shino floating around of what pros do or don't do. Yeah. Uh, and have we seen, speaking to Dusty uh, and other people, the, the mega-dose pro approach is not always the case. Uh, yeah. And I know a few. I know a few UK pros that do dose high, and I know a few UK pros that don't. Yeah. So it's the only real person I think that genuinely knows what the pros do is the pro themselves. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the knowledge about what they do is as common as people like to make out. Having said all that, if you were to pick a pro who was potentially one of the most genetic freaks we've ever had, then Ronnie would be on that list. Right, it, and I wouldn't suggest comparing anything he did to what you're going to no, do. No, <laughs> no, because I just don't think it is comparable. I mean, he is such a freak of nature. Yeah. Um, did Ronnie... Possibly. I'm, and I'm, So, just so that people can realise that there can be some natural extremes... I got contacted by a guy a few months ago now who he was actually questioning whether his, his gear was genuine. Okay. 
because it done a cycle and then it come down to a TRT dose, but on his TRT dose, his FSH and LH were functioning. Huh, okay. And his test level was in the 30s, but he was on quite a low dose. So his test level was quite high for what he was dosing as well. We're talking N-mol here, so probably yeah. 12, 1,300 NGDL. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, he was of the potential opinion that his test was fake. He had FSH and LH levels, and he had testosterone levels. And I said, it's possible the lab he was using had a good reputation. Okay. Uh, so, but I said, the only way you're going to really tell is to stop the test and see what happens to your levels. Yeah. So he stopped the test, his levels dropped by half, and his FSH and LH went through the roof. Yeah. So this is a guy that's done a cycle, gone on TRT post-cycle, and started to produce natural hormone at the same time. Wild, man. And he's a unique then, case, you know what I yeah, mean? But, so, but what I'm saying is, Ronnie's a unique case, so yeah. I don't know if there were similar things going on with Ronnie, because this is a kid who's done a cycle, he's done TRT, he's then come off TRT, yeah, and even while he was on TRT, his body was producing 15 and more. Yeah, and then he's come off, and his LH has gone through the apps. I mean, and I mean, gone through the roof. It's massively elevated, yeah. and he's driving his test levels back up straight away naturally. Yeah, absolute freak of nature. How were how was uh, his like physique? Was he was he like I, a freak physique wise? Never know. Don't know. Never saw pictures. It was just a conversation through messages. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, I was fascinated by the fact that now I have seen natural people produce very high levels of testosterone. You sure? There's a there's a father and son that we test, and and they they're in the thirties. Oh, okay. With, with no, no anabolic use, and his dad's like late fifties, early sixties. He's still producing thirty two n mol. Nice. So he's still yeah, he's still like way up there. Um, so there are people that do have naturally high, but it's the first time I've seen someone that was. At TRT dosing, didn't shut down, but did shut down when his test, test administration was like 500 milligrams. So based off of this conversation, I would think that it's obviously going to be really individual. The only like everybody who knows how he's going to respond um, between cycles. His question, though, was how, how what's the best way to maintain my gains now? You know, the best way to maintain your gains is not to go off, but mm -hmm. then we have health to look at. And then we also have, mm -hmm. you know, it used to be a really big deal, man. Back when I started, the, like the idea of shutting yourself down permanently was a big step. Whereas now there's 21 year old guys that are like, yeah, I just do TRT between my cycles. You know, they, they, they just do it. Some of them are getting prescriptions for it and, and they didn't need it before they started. But I mean, realistically, you have to weigh that out for yourself. Is that... A road that you're willing to take and then are you willing to make the commitment of needing and relying on a medication literally for the rest of your life you're 50 years old 60 70 you're like you're you're on it now for until then until you die you know i think the other thing is as well and i i have no issue would with anyone deciding to do trt it's their life it's their choices and the rest that goes with it yeah but i think that the issue is more that when people choose that route they don't necessarily administrate it in a sensible way mm. both either dose of their trt 
or even the fact that they're monitoring their health markers whilst doing their TRT, which is, if you're going to stay on a, a drug that can potentially have very negative impacts long term, you need to monitor your health. So it, it's, you know, the, the days of I just stick a mill a week in and you'll be fine are long gone. We know that isn't the case. And we know that guys that have done that have ended up with cardiovascular problems and other problems five, six years down the line. So there is a there is an element of responsibility that if you choose TRT, which is perfectly fine, that's your choice, do what you want, that you do still need to be responsible for your your own health in doing that. And if you're going to do TRT with with no health checks, with no health management, then you are massively increasing the risk of potential problems developing in the background. Yeah. Now, my thought on on coming on and off, he said, you know, Ronnie didn't use PCT, which we don't know. I I would personally opt for TRT. Personally, I know Dean doesn't like to use TRT. He said unless you see the need, but I feel like at that point you're already have crashed, and then trying to get feeling good back takes time. I I would. I, I my thought is is like we're enhanced. We're using you know compounds to get the muscle we're growing, why don't we continue to use those compounds to then help maintain them and get our natural function back when we're done? And I'm not gonna draw like a moral line, like, no, I'm not gonna take a PCT, I wanna stay healthy. I would rather make sure I keep my gains and bounce back as fast as possible. I mean, if you're talking purely from a health point of view, then PCT is probably the most sensible route to go because there is an argument that you don't need PCT, just stay off and you'll recover naturally. But you you are, in a best-case scenario, going to go two to three months with very low test levels. Yeah. And in a worst-case scenario, that could be six months plus. And so if you, if you're you, going to lose your you progress want, in that time. So the one, you will regress, which means you're going to be replacing that muscle again with a second cycle. So it increases the need for usage. Yeah. Two, having low tests for that period of time is not healthy. So for me, if you're talking pure health, then the old school model of cycle PCT time off is the healthiest. It might not be the best for you, and it might not be the most productive for you and where you want to go. But if you're talking just pure health, then to me, that is the healthiest. But there is a practicality and there is a very strong argument for doing TRT between cycles if, one, you're going to be a long-term committed user, if, two, you understand the implications of what that's going to mean long-term to you, and if, three, you're responsible about how you administrate that process. And as long as those are in there, that can be just as healthy as the PCT approach. All right. I found that question. This was the original question. I did pull it up correctly that first time. He said... um, for my spring cut, and he says uh, this will be his current and first cycle. And now for his spring cut, um, he ordered a blend of test, mast, and trend, um, dosed at 100 milligrams each. All of them are long enethyester. Um, he says, um, uh, how would you suggest I dose it? And how long should I run it for optimal results? Will I need an AI or will the Masteron suffice? I'm using 500 test 300 NPP along with 100 milligrams of sublingual anadrol now with one half with basically 12.5 milligrams of aromacin four times uh, per week. 
on shot days and everything is great. Thanks so much um, for everything you do, especially the last few, the last deep dive in response to my Anadrol question. Right. So, Scott, what are you putting out on the other podcasts on this channel? What do you mean? Well, he's, uh, f for collective advice, for my current slash first cycle. Mm-hmm. And his first cycle is 500 <laughs> mega test, 300 mega of MPP, and 100 mega of oxy a day. I don't take any credit or blame for that, nor do I place that on anybody else that we podcast with. I don't know who gave him that advice, but it definitely was not <coughs> us. It was not us. Had on the high side, in my opinion, for the first time. Each to their own, and he says it's going really well, and I'm not surprised it's going really well. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be concerned if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you ain't growing on that, then there's something wrong for a first cycle. Um, take aside the potential problems of the fact that your, your blend may not be as it should be. Um, the mast is probably not going to be enough to completely regulate each of them for one simple and simple reason. It's probably not dosed exactly where you want it to be, but the other thing is that trend's going to increase estrogen receptor sensitivity anyway. And you so got a lot of it in there. Like you can't, yeah, so, you can't not take a hundred milligrams if you're going to take a hundred milligrams of the other compounds, you know? Yeah. So if, if, even if estrogen is normal, you are going to be more sensitive to it. So you're probably going to need some form of extra protection. The downside is you're not really going to be able to test your estrogen unless you go for a sensitive test, uh, once you start that blend, because the trend's going to screw that up on a regular estrogen check. Yeah. So I would say for me personally, I'm not so bothered about estrogen side from a point of view of a bit of water retention or a bit of that side of things. But obviously the one estrogen side that is difficult to deal with is gyno. So I'd be tempted to drop in some Novadex as a start point just to you settle and see how you react to the actual blend you're running. And I would probably just run one mil Monday, Wednesday, Friday if it's an A. Is it an Nth or an Ace? Did we get that far? It's an F8. Yeah, it's long. All right, okay. Um, so you could probably, you can start relatively low, say two mil a week. I mean, it's still 600 total. Uh, and if it's a cut phase, you're not going to need a huge amount of drugs if all you're doing is a tidy up and you're not actually comp prepping. You just need some drugs in there to maintain some muscle mass and, and to give you a little bit of an anabolic edge. So you don't really need huge doses. So you could literally run the whole cycle on, on two mil a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that'd probably be a safe bet too, especially a second cycle. You know, mm. yeah, that's plenty. I per personally, um, I mean, if I had in, in a like, like, let's even talk an advanced guy that was doing a contest prep, I would add the trend in in the last eight weeks tops. You know, I, I wouldn't run the trend for, for the entire cycle personally. I, I would start with the test and mast and then get everything we can out of that. And then a little bit of trend, sprinkle it in, sprinkle a little trend in there yeah, you know, I mean, later on. That would be my goal. And you can't do that with a blend. So it's another reason I wouldn't want that because I don't have the control that I want. There is that problem as well. Obviously, we all know trends are powerful drug and we all know it can be very impacting for certain people. And unfortunately, Billio is... Um, 
anabolic experience is on the lower end. So having never used trend before, being fixed into a ratio that you can't change is probably not the best idea. But dealing with what you've got, that would be my approach. If, if I was to say the idea would be bin that and start with separates and have a bit more of a better control. We know that's not going to happen. No, he's going to use what he spent for. And I get that. I, I mean, I would do, you know, at this point. I mean, but I, in all, the future, we've all, don't get the blends. We've all sat there and done a paella cycle. Yeah. And if for anyone who doesn't understand that, a paella traditionally was a dish made of leftovers. So we've all sat there and gone, what have I got in my drawer? I've got some of that and I've got a bit of that. <laughs> right, so if I do that first and I add a bit of that and then I can change to that later, let's use up what we've got. But I don't think there's anyone who does, does gear that's not had one of them at some point. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I have a lot of people who reach out to me on a regular basis who are trying to more effectively reach their goals. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is that they're not getting enough protein. And there's only so much chicken breast we can eat through the day, but we can easily add a high-quality protein supplement to boost those numbers up. True Nutrition has just about every protein powder you can think of from high quality weight isolate. If you don't tolerate lactose, then you could use their beef isolate or you could use their pea protein isolate if you don't eat animal products. They literally have everything you'd think of. I've believed in them for like a decade before they advertised with us and they, they never went out of their way to say like, hey, we want to promote our stuff through you. I literally asked them because it's a company that I believe in and at the end of the day, I want to see you guys reach your goals as effectively as possible. Possible. So if you use our code THINK at True Nutrition, you'll get some savings, you'll help to support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality products to more effectively reach your goals faster. Dave looks very well and healthy. Great to see. He says, a stuffed question for the next show. Um, how would you go about leg training, looking to grow legs specifically in the off season for someone with a history of knee pain and injury, uh, patella and soft tissue? Um, I've been recently focused on working to and beyond failure on what I would deem on uh, the safe machine exercises such as abductor, adductor, leg extension, seated and lying leg curls, things. I, I, one is going to be exercise selection, and that's going to be based on what you can and cannot tolerate. Um, and unfortunately, there's no predetermined to that. It's just you have to play around. But what I would suggest you do is as well is also play around with foot spacing yeah. and be, ve be very conscious of where your knee travels. Um, so try and keep your knee travel behind your toes. That's going to reduce the frontal loading of the kneecap, at least to some degree. The second thing is rep speed and control. You really want to be controlling, particularly the speed around change of direction. Yeah. So, yeah. so as you lower, you really want to slow down when you get close to the bottom point, and then you really want to be slow as you start out of the hole. Because it's those points when you load hard is when you're going to throw stress into the kneecap. So if those areas are controlled, you'll put much less stress on the kneecap. And as a result, you'll put more stress into the muscle. Um, other than that, stuff like pre-exhausting. So you do your isolation work before any form of maybe compound or semi-compound stuff. Um, I don't know. Would you class a V-squat or a, a pendulum squat as a compound? 
Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I would, but some people say it's machine work. It's not quite the same as a squat and stuff like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, isolation, take as much out of those quads as you can so you can get away with much less load when when you are moving the, the bigger compound movements. Um, so things like that forms a big thing. Yeah. Um, and, and use different rep speeds, different rep tempos, try TUT, it may help, it may not. Um, look at your range of motion as well. I actually find with a lot of people, they get a fear of going deep because of their knees. And actually, when they do go deep, they seem to have less knee pain than when they try and stay shallow. Yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> you know, I had uh, ACL replacement in my left knee and 90% of the cartilage removed in it as well. That was like 99, 90, 98. And I went on to be able to still like train hard. And I did have knee problems earlier on, but you know what I was doing wrong, Dave? Something you said, it was my rep speed. You know, I would load up that leg press with everything I had and then get one rep and pause and then drop back down and push back up and pause, you know? But when I, when I really started focusing on slow controlled negatives, like you're never getting to a point where you're using so much weight that you're going to take a risk. You, like you use a weight that you can 110% like wield control over the whole set. You're going to be a lot safer. Um, plus like just building up the strength around that knee is important. I think early on uh, exercise bike is a really good one because it doesn't put any pressure on the knee. It allows you to really get that joint warmed up and you will build tissue, you know, around like the, the, the lower quad and everything. And I think that having all that stuff strong helps to like, keep it all together, you know? I mean, I I trained Zach last Friday, first time for ages, obviously, because I've not been doing much with the leg and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, he had some and- obvious issues, two quad ruptures. Two fulcrum ruptures and double surgeries on both because of problems with both surgeries. Um, and I, well, he, he was sat in a corner feeling sorry for himself and we didn't go above 60 kilo on the pendulum. Okay. But it was it was what we did with that 60 kilo that made the damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Which he called, me, he, he called me nasty names for. Good, that means you did the job right then. Mm-hmm. All right, what else do we have here? Um, how about this one? Uh, oh, oh, question for the next show. If you were stranded on a deserted island and could have only one piece of exercise equipment and one food, what would they be? Cake? You can't use cake is not an answer here, Dave. I mean, I guess it can be if you want it to be. Cake? One food. Mm. Now, do I be do I be sensible and uh, look for a food that's going to be healthy and, and wholesome, or, or do I just say what I want to say? Or you say cake, uh, <laughs> cheese on toast, cheese on toast. Yeah, plenty of protein uh, in that cheese. Uh, exercise cage. Oh, because you get to do everything on it, like a rack. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As long as I've got a cage and a barbell and plates, I can pretty much do everything I need to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no other real answer, you know. If I could have a dumbbell, a set of dumbbells in some in a bench, I'd take that. 
thing is, you 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 can be incredibly creative when you need to be. Oh yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's amazing what you can you can make with a little bit of thought and some water and and have something to put the water in. Water's a great way if you did, need it to be. Did you guys use that in the prison system? Mm. I've heard of guys doing that. They would take bags, mm. right? So what you do is you take a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You use the wool out of the blanket to stitch up the bottom. Okay. You then insert a bin bag through the neck hole. A trash bag. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. fill that with water and tie the bag off, and then you tie the two sleeves of the T-shirt together to make a handle. Oh, yeah. And then you have, like, a kettlebell-style dumbbell. I've seen and guys put those on even, like, um, like a broomstick. yeah, yeah. But if so, say you're on a desert island, just just being so we're lucky our desert island has coconuts. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to split a coconut in half. So we've got two halves of the shells. We're going to get a branch, and we're going to fasten the coconuts to either end of the branch, and then we're going to stand in the water so it's up to our neck height, and we're going to bench press the bar away the the stick away from ourselves, letting the coconuts create water resistance, which would create weight. There you go. But you could have the weights. You could have like one one machine too. You know, mm. one. But I'd say there's you know there's you know there's a will there's a way. Yeah. Plus, just yeah. I imagine, man, like if you're stranded on an island, you're going to be in some awesome shape as long as you can get a protein source, some iguanas or you know some sort of wild pigs. Like you're going to get freaking peeled. Yeah, fish. You can do pull-ups all day long, man. Pull-ups are going to be crazy good for you. You get to that point where you're doing like 100 pull-ups, I guarantee you, you're going to have a back on you. Now, food. What about that food? Yeah, does it, well, I told you, cheese on toast. Oh. You were serious about that. <laughs> Look, if I've got to eat the same food for the rest of my life, I want to make sure I'm going to enjoy it. I'm sorry. I know I should say I want a, a you know, an organically fed chicken every day. Yeah, but the yeah. The truth is, if I'm eating that, you know what? Stuff physique. I just want to have something I like. Yeah, you're stuck here. Why not enjoy yourself a little bit, right? Yeah. So stuff eating, stuff eating on plan. I'm stuck in a desert licking island. <laughs> Oh, here's one I thought was interesting, and I had a comment on it. He said, hey, Dave and Scott decided to take D-Ball as a pre-workout for performance enhancing or performance starting off at 30 milligrams a day up to 50. At the same time, taking two 20 milligram tablets of Novadex per day, I've noticed a marked decrease in performance reps and weight used in the gym. No other variables have changed. Could this be purely down to a bad UGL, or could it be toxic effects of the D-ball in Nova giving me a decrease? Um, would have thought a fake drug would have no effect, positive or negative, uh, rather than a decrease, thanks. You know what my first thought was? Was that I, when people get concerned about like a compound being toxic, what I think they're not understanding is even though it's toxic and it's having toxic effects on you, you feel really good. <laughs> you know what I mean, Dave? Like you're strong as hell. 
You know what I mean? You're you're still nice. strong. I mean, of course, yeah, to a degree. If you get super toxic, you've got problems. But if you're dealing with like some high liver count from uh, D ball, um, but you're you're still able to eat your food and you're getting in the gym and you're getting crazy pumps, believe me, you're feeling good under the toxic effects of the D ball. So that was my first thought. But this is weird, dude. I mean, that's a lot of Novadex, isn't it? Yeah, I, that's the thing that stood out to me was the Novadex is very high and it seems unnecessarily high. Um, I yeah, mean, he said yeah, later no. about having like some prepubescent gyno that he was concerned about. So that's the reasoning. Mm. Um, I mean, if he's had no impact from the D-ball at all, as in he's never seen seen any strength improvement even when he was at 30, um, and even now at 50s, or if he's seen strength improvement at 30, but now he's not seen anything at 50, I mean, that's something that would need to be clarified. If he's not seen anything at all across the board, then the first thing I would say is that there's an issue with the compounds he's using. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it is particularly toxicity-based. Um, the other thing is, is Novadex Novadex, or is his Novadex something else? Is his Novadex, for argument's sake, Adex, and he's just crashed his estrogen levels, and as a result, mm. that's why he's, he's low performance. Novadex, in its own right, shouldn't have a huge impact on how you feel. Yeah. But, but 40 is a solid dose for someone who's potentially not going to have particularly elevated estrogen levels. Yeah. So... Um, Curious as to whether he's had any change in his eyesight. I've only ever seen that on Clomid. Oh, no, I've seen it on Novadex as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen it on Novadex as well. Particularly when you start getting 40 milligrams and above the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, man. I wonder if it's the Novadex. But you would think he would still get strong from the D-ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have, I would have expected something at some point anyway. Um, if his D-ball is legit, I would have thought there'd be something. I think if I were the other him, thing is if his D ball was legit, I would have expected fifty. Would you expect estrogen sides? I would have possibly a little bit of waterfulness. Yeah, I think for somebody who's sensitive, if they're training five days a week and they're taking fifty each day, I could see somebody with uh, estrogen sensitivity to have issues with that. Get some get some nipple sensitivity after a while. Hmm. So I, so he's taken another dex because of prebubescent um, gyno, but at fifty milligrams of D ball a day, I I would have suspected there should have been some waterfulness there as well. You should have seen a little bit of that side of effects happening because yeah. the another dex the Novadex isn't going to stop that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <coughs> so if, if I were him, I would probably scrap this plan for now, and then maybe start the D ball back up at a lower dose on its own. And, and, you know, after you've had a few weeks to clear out, get to feeling good. And then maybe I would try 25 D-ball pre-workout and say, hey, you know, how do I feel? Try that for a week and see how it feels with, with no estrogen control. And then if you do need it, you could take that Novadex instantly and it's going gonna, it's gonna to wipe out any issues. You're not going to get gyno overnight from it, you know? No, you know. No, uh, and I think that's one thing a lot of people confuse is the sensitivity is not gyno, it's the precursor. So, you know, you've, you're going to have a couple of weeks of sensitivity before your body starts forming tissues. So this reminds me there's something I want to tell you about, Dave. Okay. I may have started an experiment of my own. Okay. 
I had a bottle of injectable D-ball that's okay. been kicking around. Well, let's put it this way. I looked at the expiration date and it said 2019. And that was several years after the purchase date. There was a few crystals in it, which immediately got fixed through uh, heating it back up. Went back into perfect clarity. Uh, it's dosed at 50 milligrams per milliliter, which means if I were to take 25 milligrams pre-workout, which my workouts have been going pretty good lately, that would allow me to use it for 20 workouts in a row. And I may have started that about a week ago, and it's going very well. Don't do this at home, kids. Dude, my pumps have been incredible like i forgot the i i i've mentioned it before Scott, that Scott, injectable will, will you start you start talking about my on here again and we're gonna get demonetized again <laughs> i'm gonna have to edit that word out i bet aren't i you, <laughs> i told you this is my favorite compound ever and i really kind of forgot why and i'm telling you man as of day one that stuff is full throttle in your system that 25 milligrams and i feel great man like it's it's some great workouts like it it, um, endurance is better through the workout um, and, and it just improves I always noticed this with D-Ball it gives me have you heard of this before people getting a good sense of well-being from it yeah but usually it comes from the elevated estrogen um, hmm. it, and it's 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 not high estrogen itself it's that combination of the two testing estrogen together that, that can give people very much a, a feeling of wellness uh, particularly if you've not been on anything else for an extended period of time. Uh, uh, but, kids, don't do as Scott has done, <laughs> and don't use a four-year out-of-date compound. Oh, this in the bottle is like nine years old. It's got to be. Right. No, this is not. No, no. This is, he's irresponsible. He's silly. And we'll use this as an example of what not to do. I'll keep you posted, guys. It's amazing. All right. Next week, Scott will message us from his hospital bed because he's got an abscess. Ooh, here's a good one. Um, kind of related note. <coughs> oh, an abscess. What's better for strength-wise pre-workout, Anadrol or Halo? Um Anybody mix those two together as pre or before powerlifting meet? So for me, uh, some may agree, some may disagree on this. For me, Anadrol gives you strength. Halo gives you aggression and focus. And it's just... Yeah, but I find I get more strength from Anadrol, but I'm not aggressive with it. Where with Halo, I'm aggressive, but I'm not particularly getting a huge jump in baseline strength it's the aggression it's me attacking the weight yeah that gives me the strength rather than so one i think increases your baseline strength the other helps you perform better on the day so if you're talking about a powerlifting comp my general approach would be run anadrol up to it and then drop the halo for on the day I've been using Halo with a couple MMA fighters. So how do you find MMA fighters to take? Are they difficult to swallow or do they go down really easily? <laughs> it's working good. It's working good. 
It's working yeah, good. I mean, Especially it's, for a guy who's got to make weight. He sits at like 170, 173, and he fights at 155. So, you know, we can't really use Anadrol in his case, you know what I no. mean, going into the going to the fight. Well, the other, the, other, the other risk with the Anadrol is pumps. You oh, know, last yeah. Thing you want with an MMA fighter is pumps because he just starts to make it difficult for them to, to fight. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I would I would look at Halo more as a performance booster, as yeah. an on-the-spot performance booster, whereas Anadrol more of a traditional strength-building compound in the background and especially for somebody that doesn't need to make a weight class too, say mm. going into their powerlifting meet mm-hmm. um first time i used halo uh I, I ran it several times in contest preps like the last three weeks last two weeks first time ever was like 10 milligrams all the way in because that's all i could afford for the last three weeks then i went to like 20 or like 10 and then 20 and 20 and then I next time I was like, I went to 30, 40, and 40. 30, 40, and 40 for me, it was too much. I've heard of people taking more than that. But mm. it definitely, when we talk about like something that created like a toxicity that made me feel bad, it, I knew that I was up there too high with it. Um, but, but that 10, 20 range, man, I, I, that first year around using it, I remember in my peak, my peak week, so like Sunday before the show was my last leg day, doing three plates on squats when I struggled with two plates the week previous. And I was just like repping them out like crazy. I stupid. Something I shouldn't have done, you know, at, at six days out from a show, but you know, I felt good so I did it. No, why not? No, I don't see any problem with it. Yeah. All right. We've got a few more here. Um twenty two just completed my very or completed my very first cycle of five hundred test twenty five var on training days and soon we'll go on to my second cycle being tested and masked for the summer um was going to ask how I can stay under a gram or going to ask can I stay under a gram of gear for the next two years and still compete or will I have to go over a gram for these local shows high from Australia? I wonder what he meant going into summer. I was like, dude, we're going into fall over here, bro. Yeah, but they're opposite land, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So where they're going into their summer. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why you can't maintain under a gram. Um, yeah. I think people... I think we've got a little bit desensitized to dosing in the... You know, grams still a hefty chunk of gear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you think that a, a natural test dose is to, to replicate natural levels is probably going to be around the 120 to 150 milligrams per week. Okay, yeah. And, and then you talk a gram, that's six times your natural levels. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's a, that's a, I'm not saying it's a high cycle comparatively because, no, it's not, but it is plenty to grow. And you could quite easily get two years out of never going over a gram, particularly if you are on point with your training and your diet. And the other thing is, you know, sometimes giving yourself a dose limit or a period dose limit, so you say, I'm not going to go over a gram for two years, it forces you to make the most of what you've got left, which is your training and your diet. Yeah. If you can't up the dose because you've said to yourself, I'm not going any higher than this, then you've got to make everything else work harder to get you the best you can. And it will stand you in good stead because then when you do eventually get to that point where your dose is going up, you'll find that the results of that are much greater. 
I would agree 100%. I've got a picture here. This is about 700 on stage. Like, the guy never went over 700. And before that cycle, he was running, like, 500. So, like, that's it. And this was a physique that won a pro card, you know? Yeah, he's, he's very lean. He's a nice physique, though. Well. Thank you. This guy, not quite as lean yet, but this is also... I'm not showing faces here, as you see. This is also under a gram. And I got one more here. This guy... At, Why was he holding a samurai sword? Because <laughs> he won it, Dave. Let's oh, that see. was a that was a trophy, was it? <laughs> yes. One more here. This guy, pro level, also under a gram. So there. You know what I'm saying? It's like tell him to pick, tell him to pick the shit up off his floor, the scruff. <laughs> so the point being, though, yeah, you know, you you could definitely do it. I, mm -hmm. I think the big thing that we probably don't talk about as much on this show but you are a huge believer and i'm a huge believer in is getting the most out of your training and if you can do that then the gear is just gonna help that along we focus so much on the cycles on this program but at the end of the day that's not what our main focus is you know what i mean no i'm gonna show you something out of my collection now just hang on all right i'll send it yeah those are so three that is, I just grabbed off of my social media real quick. This is this is under a gram as well. All right. Um, you texting it to me? I'll WhatsApp it you over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think, he Dave, you, Go on. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're probably more of a, a food guy, even. Like, for you, a big part of your I, driver, I think, was food. Yeah, training and food. Uh, they're my priorities. All right, I'm gonna have to edit this a little bit, Dave, because I can't show. We're gonna we'll get demonetized for sure if I show below the waist there. So I'll just well, stop it. Yeah, like but you that. can show it. You can show it for here, can't you? And then just edit it later. Okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll go like that. It's an, and it's a shame because his his glutes are in, but that's under a gram. Hmm? Yeah. Why do you have men sending naked pictures to you, Dave? I just look. I turned straight man gay. What can I say? <laughs> I think we just I'm, found a clip I'm for the opening part of the show. I'm, 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 yeah, just such a sexual animal. It's just I can't help it, mate. I just ooze this. Okay. Generally, we deal with high ferritin, high iron, but this guy says he's having an issue with low iron. He'd like to take a low dose of EQ, say 200, to help improve his iron levels due, uh, due to the extra hematocrit you get from it. I asked him, I was like, no. dude, have you talked to a doctor or anything about this? He said that his grandma has the same thing, but he hasn't no. found out why from the doctors. Right. Iron will increase ferritin and those together will increase hemoglobin but increasing hemoglobin does not work in reverse so you're not gonna get an increase in iron through using eq you need to use iron okay so supplement with iron supplement with liposomal vit c mm. increase the iron content in your diet Chances are it's a digestion absorption problem, particularly if there's a family history of it. So using liposomal vitamin C will increase iron absorption and supplement with iron. 
that in turn will increase your ferritin, and that in turn will increase your hemoglobin, your hematocrit. But do the EQ is not going to work in reverse? Okay, because so, I thought they used um, I thought they used steroids for anemia, like anadrol specifically. They do because it increases hemoglobin content. Yes, but it's not going to affect his iron levels particularly. It's going to affect his hemoglobin content. Okay, there, there will be a potential carry off, but the main driver of using anabolics like ox, um, oxymethylon or anadrol is that it increases EPO concentration, which in then in turn increases formation of hemoglobin. Okay. So, um, and that, so that affects the liver. And I wonder too... Their was in within the liver, whereas w- if he's got low circulating iron, he needs to consume more iron. It's as simple as that. Iron can be hard to take for people that are sensitive, like people who don't have a lot of it, right? I've I've heard of people getting really nauseated from iron supplements. Potentially. So but there is a there's there's like what they call gentle iron products now, which are designed to slow release so you don't get that problem. Okay. The increase in circulating vitamin C, which is but particularly stuff like liposomal vitamin C, obviously because it's much more bioavailable, will increase iron absorption from your natural sources. You can look at increasing iron content in your diet as well, which again, coupled with a VIT-C, will increase your iron levels. But yeah, I would definitely be looking at going that route. Um, to increase iron and ferritin, that, I would go that route. If you're just wanting to increase hemoglobin, then yes, you could go the anabolic route, but it, it, I would start with the increase in iron. All right, got a couple more here from Patreon, and we'll close this thing out. Um Let's see. He says, I'm currently pushing up and I'm entering new territories of weight gain. Oh, I thought this would be a great one for you, Dave. Now I'm into the 280s and appetite is starting to crap the bed a bit. Um, I'm thinking of changing up the post-workout to some sorbet, Scott Stevenson style. Um, Do you think whey isolate and sorbet um, is an acceptable post-workout? Is there any issue uh, it being mainly sugar as opposed to rice, wheat, uh, or whatever? Thanks, guys. Is that Chris Swan, Chris Swan? I'm sure it is. Big dude. Look at that rear delt on him. Is that Chris Surface one from the the end of Cornwall? I don't know. He's, he's good. He's a good guy, Chris. Um, we're gonna do some training videos with him. He's gonna send some training videos in for for blood, sweat, and gear too. Oh, Chris one is. Okay, he's a nice guy. Really nice guy, Chris. Um, not a fan personally of the sugar route. Um, I know it's calories. I think that there is a short-term gain, but a long-term loss. Um, eating high is hard. Um, there's no escaping it, and which is why you don't see tons of absolute mass monsters because it is a chore in itself. I mean, uh, Nate Styles has just brought his weight back down because he couldn't cope with being heavy and he needed a break. He's going to push oh, back yeah. again, but, but he, he's just he's quite open. He said, look, 345, 350, I think he got up to. He was struggling. Whew. So he's come back down a bit. Um, but uh, he'll, and he'll come down, he'll settle a bit, tidy up, and then he'll give it another push and push back up again. 
You know, probably do even better this time around, you know? Well, the idea is each time you get a little bit further up and a little bit further up, whereas my approach was to push through it, go all the way up the other way, (laughs) and then come back down to where you want to be because therefore you feel much better at that way. Yeah. Uh, But it is definitely a a painful experience. Um, Yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I would tend to try and stick to still quality foods than rather than trying to junk. Uh, with high sugar contents or, or high junk foods because I tend to find that though there's an initial benefit, it'll soon crap your digestion system out. Um, now, when I was pushing, we didn't really have cream of rice. Oh, yeah. Okay. So really? I used to rely... Yeah, so I used to rely on rice flour. Okay. Which huh. is not pleasant, but it's liquid and it's complex carbs and it's simple to get down. That's so, funny. We've always had cream of rice here. It, it just wasn't available in the UK too much. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I didn't. It wasn't something that was commonly available. It, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it started to become popular probably six, 12 months after. So it wasn't okay. far away behind when I was, was trying to push. But So I use rice flour, okay. um, which was like drinking chalk. But um, yeah, it got the calories in in a simple way. But you've just, yeah, it is difficult. Um, and you've just, I think when you're a little bit more creative with your food, 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 it makes it a little bit easier. And one of the things I found that was really important was textures. Yeah. As strange as it sounds, but textures had a huge influence. So I got to the point, there was several times actually where I just couldn't face chicken. Yeah. I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat the texture. I'd eaten that much of it. Literally just putting a spoonful in my mouth made me want to throw up. You can get burnt out of the same thing, especially if you keep cooking it the same way every time. So what I started to do was I'd break up a few dry crackers into it. Okay. And I know it sounds, but that dry texture, giving the chicken a different texture, giving it some yep. crunch. Yeah. You know, didn't have air fryers. Now we've got air fryers. There's a whole big range of things you can do to make it a different styles of cooking. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I found that that helps. So just changing textures around, adding simple little things, um, adding strong flavors like pickled onions sliced up finely and stuff like that. Just strong flavors that can sort of overpower it a little bit made it much more palatable for me to eat. I've moved um, people to more to cereal on top of their food. So if we get up to like, say like they're eating eight ounces of chicken and two and a half cups of rice, then we might do like two cups of cereal on top of that. Because even though they're full from that post-workout meal, they can still eat two cups of cereal. Like that's easy. You know what I mean? Excuse me, I just have to deal with something. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Rice Krispies is an easy one that a lot of people find they can slide in quite well. Um, yeah. So there are definitely foods you can use, but like I said, I'd be a little bit wary of the sugar route. Um, it's, it's, I've always found it short-lived. I got one more, also from Patreon, from Stephen. Dieted down to 187 to 190, um, which is low for me. I can see my top four abs, which has never happened. While dieting, I was running VAR for the first 10 weeks and 500 milligrams of test uh, for 20 weeks. Now I want to hold this weight and start building up my metabolism. Any suggestions? Is this possible? Um, I'm currently using 250 test, and he's at like 1,900 to 2,000 calories a day. 
His metabolism is probably already burnt, built up. Like he's probably hungry yeah. as hell now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Um, I would say his metabolism should be should be pretty high anyway. So the only thing I would suggest would be to just make very small increments. Yeah. Um, and you know, very little um, mild increases, rather than going from say fifteen hundred to two and a half thousand. Let's just two three hundred calorie jump, two three hundred calorie jump, and just little increases. Give it time to settle. Um, generally, what you find is once you've been on a, quite a restrictive diet, you put a little bit of food in, you you feel a bit stuffed for maybe a day or two, and then three four days later, you're starting to get hungry again, and your appetite's really ramping up again. And then just give it a week, hold back a little bit, let that hunger really, really build, and then put another little increase in. And again, don't don't go, say for argument's sake, week one, I go at 300, uh, I feel a little bit stuffed day one, day two, and then by day five, I'm starving. Don't suddenly go, right, I'm going to go up again now. Let yourself stay hungry for a few days, even yeah. a week, then do the next increase. That will help you hold your condition and extend that window of rebound that you're creating. Well, I feel too that once you're in this position, like, like we have it in our head, we need all of these carbs to grow. But the reality is, is that I, I've seen people grow in a deficit. I've seen people grow even naturally on a keto diet, going into a prep, then they rebound afterward, not having done anything special. They're bigger and leaner than before they started the prep. I've seen this happen. I don't think that he needs a gazillion carbs in order to grow muscle. Just get a few more in, you know, maybe add in a cup of rice or whatever and 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 ride that up. And I wouldn't adjust it based off appetite because I don't think that appetite is going to die for a while. I'd adjust it based off the scale. Say like he's well, 197 now and he adds in that rice and he goes to 200 and then he goes to 202, 203. And then eventually he's going to peter out and then we're going to add in some more carbs. And it's tough to do that because you're going to ride that hunger up. But before you know it, you're, you are eating a good amount of carbs. You've maintained that hunger and you've been able to do that for 12 weeks, you know? Yeah, sorry, I, I probably didn't didn't explain that very well. I would still use the weight as my guidelines, but what I was trying to get at, don't increase just because you're hungry. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was a point I was trying to make in a very long-winded way. Yeah, I mean, you do an increase, you see where it sets, you look at your weight, did it go up, did it not, has it still increased the week after? If it has, I don't care how hungry you are, say you go 198, 200, next week you're absolutely starving, but you go 202, Next week, you're still starving, but you go 204. That is no reason to increase your food at this point. You're still gaining weight. So just leave it where it is and ride the hunger out until the point where the weight stalls. And then, yeah, but what well, my point was, don't don't increase food just because you're hungry. Yeah. So, Dave, this is our 200th episode. Can you believe that? Not really, no. It doesn't seem that long. I, I find it difficult to think that we've been doing this four years. And we've we're probably longer than that because we've taken time off, you know. It's, well, you 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 took three months off just to go to Australia. Well, I died for almost died for a while before that. You almost died oh yeah for you, a while. You, yeah you you did. I forgot that we both died for a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, there was that. And I've had a couple. Of, I've had a couple of attempts actually. When I think about it. <laughs> so there's been periods of time like that we didn't do a show consistently, you know, for whatever a few weeks or whatever. So. I, I think the first episode was like 2017 is when we started. Have you, have you bought me a kick? Mm, no, I got one for Christmas cabbage, though, and I have it in the freezer. And when he comes out here to Swiss, 
because uh, I'm going to Swiss. And actually, Vigorous Steve is flying out. He's going to stay here with me, and we're going to drive down to Swiss together uh, in Ohio. How about that? I need, I need to message Steve, actually, and give him my flight details. Oh, because oh, you're going to Thailand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Steve's coming out here. We're going to hang out for a day. We're probably going to go to the, the gym and the range, shoot some guns. And then we're going to drive down the next morning to Swiss, along with Christmas cabbage. Uh, I'd been talking to him on text uh, earlier this week, and he's really excited. He said he wants to come out. I, I, did, did he ask you yet? Because he told me he was going to ask you by the time we recorded. I haven't seen him, so that will explain why. He's not here. No, he's probably en route. What is he doing, hitchhiking? He's a cheap, he's a cheap arse. He'll have wrapped himself in a parcel and just addressed himself to you and put a stamp on it. <laughs> you haven't seen Christmas Cabbage? Because we haven't had him on the show for weeks. No, Matt, I haven't, actually. I haven't seen him for a while. No, Octopus is here, but no Christmas Cabbage. Yeah, Matt Blevins says, sorry I'm late, still no cabbage, and he has a sad face. No. Um, Holy crap. Bit, he's been a bit of a git just recently so Dave I've lost sort of, Christmas cabbage I haven't yes. lost him guys he's so irresponsible he's just he's got one job you had one job Dave have you and that finished? was to take care of Christmas cabbage alright have you have you finished okay I got it off my chest I'm done right fine so what you're telling me is he will arrive at yours sometime in the next week I'm not going to Swiss until October, all right? There is no way I'm taking on the responsibility of taking care of Christmas cabbage between now and then. He gets in so much trouble. He's Well, right, so how do you think I feel? Well, you're the one who raised him. I'm just like his fun uncle that he comes and visits sometimes and we go out and sometimes he ties someone on and goes to jail apparently (laughs) yeah yeah you're right I did raise him didn't I yeah yeah all right well listen guys we appreciate everybody we probably have people who are watching right now who literally have been here for all 200 episodes if so thank you and we're sorry sad individuals Yeah. Do you have any any words of uh, wisdom? How about some Uncle David Vice for our two hundredth episode? I have. I haven't really got anything because I, I didn't. I need to think of something, and I haven't thought of anything. It can be really simple, you know. Uh, it can I, be I really know, simple. But, uh, like you could just I, I, be I, like, you could be like um, something like, you know, you got to make sure you appreciate every day. Tell the people in your life that you love them. Boom. You're done. Yeah, but I don't. No. No. Hmm. It's got to be this big long thing where you get on a soapbox and you preach to people, huh? Is that what I know. I'm te- no, I'm terrible for that, and I, I shouldn't do it. I do just I ramble. I'm absolutely useless. Last week you rambled like crazy. You did, but you didn't have. You were doing your best to try to come up with an idea. That's what it was, and you're just trying to tie it all together. I know you were. Uh, um, How's your foot? Your leg. So I had some physio on it on Saturday, just just only twenty minutes, uh, and my calf is insanely tight. Um, yeah. But it has actually helped quite a bit. Now we were at a gym, and I just jumped in on the physio that was in the gym. Yeah. So um, I spoke to my physio, but he can't get out to me till Monday. So I'm hoping when he proper has a dig at it on Monday, he, he should be able to get it properly released off but it would appear that a lot of the pain i've currently got is just because my calf is so tight 
Oh, yeah, because your foot was in a fixed spot for, yeah. Yeah. You know what would help with that if I could make a suggestion? You can. Injectable D-ball. Just 25 milligrams a day, pre-workout. Okay, so injectable D-ball is not live, kids. It is not necessary. And Uncle Scott is being very irresponsible (laughs) and very silly. (laughs) Do not do what Uncle Scott does. (laughs) Uh, yes, that's all. That's true. You probably should, don't listen to anything we say. Any either of us. All right, guys. We appreciate okay. you tuning in. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some Dave wisdom. Okay, really, okay. really simple one. Yeah, you always have time. It's a good one. You may not think you do, but you always have time. If you sit and work out how much time you waste. Yeah. I like that. Well, listen, listening to 200 episodes of this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in for all these episodes. Um, of course, go to evalbloodanalysis.com, get your lab work done by Dave. You are in the middle of a Pillars of Strength now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, second episode on Thursday. Okay, second episode on Thursday. So if people wanted to sign up, they could still get caught up and watch the Mm. previous two. But you'll be doing another one. You'll be doing another one in another couple months or whatever, six weeks or so, right? Mm, Yeah, probably be a couple of months' time. But, well, hang on. No, it won't because we'll be getting close to Christmas. So it'll probably be January before I do the next one. Oh, okay. Because I don't want to do a course and then beggar off to Thailand halfway through it and ruin the flow. Regardless, you can reach Did out to Dave. Did you just make a note that you have to edit that I said beggar off? No. I just was... You t- I doodled. I doodled. You've been, you've been making notes all through this, like at points where... It, uh-huh. I'm sure you're making notes of stuff you need to cut out. Dave, um, you know, what do you what do you see when you look at this ink blot? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Yes. How was your childhood? Cake. I see cake. This is cake. Okay. Oh, never mind me. I'm actually recording all this, so if I was taking notes, I I have them on here. No, I doodled. Sometimes if I have the pen in my hand, I had to take a note earlier at 53 minutes in, and I just made like a circle now. It probably looks like I'm doing some important stuff. I'm like, but I'm actually just like drawing circles. (laughs) I I thought you were just going, right, I'm going to take that out that he said. I'm going to take that out that he said. (laughs) I probably should. I probably should get us monetized at that. Anyways, guys, check out... um, Check out all our sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Thank you for True Nutrition for being here for all 200 episodes. And supplementsource.ca, our Canadian people, you guys are awesome. Get yourself some ephedrine there legally, as well as some great supplements at great deals. And uh, Strom Sports Nutrition, you guys can go there if you're in the UK. Got a lot of great health blends. You can deal with your hematocrit, deal with your liver, keep everything in check. And of course, um, go to, uh, like I said, eval blood analysis.com thank you to our patreons we had a couple of patreon questions today chris is part of patreon by the way that was a patreon question mm. yeah and you know we appreciate you guys we'll look forward to the next 200 thanks dave bye okay i will love you, and leave you. <laughs>